Hey, I'm Kevin, the student pastor at Shore Church again. Thanks for listening to our message. We strive each week to bring you relevant, practical, biblical teaching that meets you where you are. To find out more about us or what's going on at the church, head on over to scog.com or download the app. Hope you enjoy the message. Good morning. We're continuing our series, Not Today, Satan, this morning, and we're going to step into dealing with anxiety. This is a moment, this is a time, this is a space in which we can stand firm and say, no, I'm not giving in to worry and anxiety today. And this is a big moment, and this is a huge moment that I think we can have victory through Christ in this time and in this moment. We don't have to be overwhelmed with what's going on. We don't have to, to be defeated by the different pressures and the different anxieties of life in this time and in this season that we're in. This moment has a lot of different stresses, a lot of underlying stresses that maybe we take and we, we deal with and we don't even know that it's, it's causing anxiety and stress for us. Um, this has been a difficult season. We can admit that. We can say, this has been a difficult time. There's been a lot of just hits to us, whether that's through your bank account, whether that's watching the, the stock market go up and down, whether that's you losing your job. I know for us, it was the cancellation of all the things our kids really cared about. Um, the, the difference in, in school, the e-learning was a whole nastiness of stress in itself, right, for parents and for kids. The cancellations of baseball and gymnastics. or uh, For us, I had to cancel my sabbatical and our our, our vacation to Disney World and, and to breaking that to the children and, and, and just all that stuff, right? I don't say that for you to feel sorry for me. It's like everyone's dealing with that. And when you start like listing off the disappointments and the frustrations and the, and the worries that have been going on in life, you go, whoa, that is a lot. That is a lot. I didn't even know that was a lot. And so if I just stressed you out, you weren't stressed before, but now all of a sudden you're stressed. I apologize. That's not what this is about. Just I want you to recognize that this is actually a stressful moment. And if you have no idea why you keep on biting your spouse's head off or why you just have this seething anger all of a sudden going on in your life or your kids are driving you bananas and you actually kind of like your kids, but you have no idea why you can't stand it. Or maybe your job is just... Ah, and you normally like your job. It's the weight, this undercurrent of anxiety and worry that, that threatened to sweep us away and take us away from who we are created to be and who we can be. And so today I want to expose that and so that we can stand firm and say, not today, Satan, you're not taking me down that path today. You're not sweeping me away in that. I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to be who I am created to be in Christ Jesus. And so that's where we're going today. And I hope that speaks to your heart. Matthew 6, verse 25 and 34. Do not worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life or what you will eat or what you'll drink or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all this splendor was dressed like one of these. That is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he 
not much more clothe you, you with little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This passage is often just spoken about in a vacuum. Don't worry. Every, every day has enough worry in itself. And we hear Jesus' words. But here's the problem with taking this passage out of context. We're in the Sermon on the Mount. We've been learning for the last couple chapters, for the last 10, 11 weeks, about all these different ways God is asking us to recalibrate our lives so that we can stand firm in our faith. And so if we just take these few verses out of context and read them, we go, oh, man, I'm not supposed to be worrying. I'm a failure. And if you've ever worried about worry, uh, if you've ever had anxiety about having anxiety, you know the worst thing possible for you to hear is just don't worry about it. Like, that's not helpful. So if you're someone who's never struggled with anxiety and you looked at somebody that had anxiety and said, what? Just don't worry about it anymore. That wasn't helpful. You probably should stop that. Just That's free. That's just a little, you know, carrot on the top. But it is what it is in this moment, right? So we, as pastors, as, as, as a preacher, as someone who takes this, I'm like, oh, I'm going to preach that. It's great. Except it needs to be in the context of the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. It needs to be in context of, of, of all that. Because what Jesus has been doing is kind of setting up this moment about how not to have worry, how not to have anxiety in our lives. He's been working through all these different issues of anger and lust and uh, and integrity and generosity. He's been working through all the different issues of life and he capstones it with anxiety. And so we kind of have to read it through the lens of all the rest of the stuff or we get um, pigeonholed into this moment. And so I, I want to back up a little bit. Let's just breathe. Don't start having an anxiety attack about not having an anxiety attack and you'll be all right in this time. Because the easy thing to do is to start beating ourselves up, especially about the, the three things that were given right before this. The three things that were talked about Jesus, that Jesus talks about right before this are generosity, prayer, and fasting. And so it's very easy to start worrying about the idea of, I'm not praying enough, so I must be broken. I'm not giving enough. So I must, have been, I must not be worthy of God's love. I'm not fasting enough, so how could God ever forgive me? And I'm not not worrying enough, so I'll never have peace. And so these lies that we start to, to work out of, especially in our spiritual formation, Satan gets in there and starts messing with us, and all of a sudden we're defeated and broken when we're this close to having victory. And so at this time, when we start feeling like I'm never going to measure up, I'm never going to be good enough, I'm not, oh, I failed, oh, I didn't pray for my 15, 45, three hours today, whatever it is, oh, I missed, I, I snuck that cookie when I was fasting, whatever it is, and you think you're broken and not good enough, those are Satan trying to go, oh, you were trying to do so good, and I'm going to just take it away. Don't let him have the victory in that. And so this is so appropriate for us to say, not today. Satan. The root of how we deal with anxiety is actually found right above this worry passage. 
says, no one can serve two masters. No one can serve two masters. And we serve either money, we serve self-gratification, we serve our lustful desires, we serve our uh, whatever we like, or we serve God. No one can serve two masters. And where the anxiety and the worry come from is when we start serving, trying to serve two, three, four, 18 masters at the same time. You know this if you've ever had two, three jobs, right? If you've had two or three jobs and the, the, and the bosses weren't really uh, excited about you having two or three jobs, and then the scheduling problems and all the issues that go along with that. Your teenagers probably have this issue when they're trying to play a sport and they're also trying to do good on their, their homework and they're also having, trying to have a job and, not, and try to have a boyfriend or girlfriend and you wonder why they fly off the handle. They already have hormones raging through their body, but now we've put them in the most anxiety-driven uh, moment we possibly can. They're actually being pulled into pieces and their brains can't handle that. Shoot fully formed functional adults can't handle it very well either. And so they're trying to serve more than one master. You do it, I do it, and we have to kind of name that, understand that, and figure it out, or we will be pulled into pieces. The Greek word for master is kurios. Kurios. And this this uh, this word is so important to understand that it's it's Lord. It's master, it's supreme leader, if you will. Star Wars fans are snickering at that, but it's Lord, it's master, it's one and only, right? So when we understand if if God's going to be Lord of our life, he has to be the complete master of our life, and everything else has to flow out of his leadership. And often we put church and our spiritual life here, and we put our job here, and we put our family here, and they're all somewhat on this equal playing field. Instead of God is at the top of it, and then we put the pieces, and we let God direct where the rest of the pieces go. That's scary, but what if he doesn't like this habit or this thing that I do? Well, if he's master of our life, he's going to streamline our processes so that we're stepping in line with him. Well, that causes me a lot of anxiety. What if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? I understand that. But the root of it is I'm submitting myself to God's control of my life. And while that is a, a worrying moment, while that is a, sc- a scary thing that we deal with, it's, no, 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 I'm putting the responsibility of decision-making not on myself anymore. I don't have to juggle all these things in the air. I am placing myself under the control and the leadership of God. And so now I'm going to make my decision processes of what matters most to my master. Is it God or not? And then we have to put the value judgment of who is this important to? Is it to people? Is it to maybe my parents? Is it to uh, what other people think about me? Is it money? Is it what, what's, what is it important to? Because if the answer to the question is who is it important to, if it's not pleasing to God, then it's not in the path of underneath our kurios, our Lord, our master. And so maybe the anxiety and the worry that you've been feeling a lot is because you've been trying to have more than one master. I do that. Oh, such an anxiety-driven thing for me is, what are people going to think about me? Or am I going to disappoint my kids? And, and if I don't watch it, if I don't keep God Lord of my life, 
curios of my life, those other things start to creep up and the pyramid gets messy. Starts to look a little flat instead of at God at the head of it. Maybe you need to look at your own life and how you're making your own decisions. What is the decision making for you? The Greek word for worry is merimano. Merimano. It's very difficult, but you don't speak Kone Greek, so you're not going to tell me if I'm doing it wrong. But it's merimano, worry, and it means to be pulled into pieces. Is there not a more apt word for anxiety than pulled into pieces? Because that's when I have an anxiety attack, when I have issues, it is because I feel like I'm being pulled into pieces because I'm trying to please everybody. I'm trying to do everything perfect. I'm trying to make sure everything's okay. I'm trying to oh, keep, keep everything going all at the same time. And if I'm in, in my analogy of having all these different masters sitting above us, I'm trying to please this one and this one and this one and this one and this one. Worry gets streamlined and taken away when our master is secure, when we know who is the leader of our life. When it's not us, when it's not money, when it's not our desires, when it's not our kids or our our bank account or our wife or our husband or whatever, our master is Jesus, things start to get streamlined. And we operate and we work out of what does it look like to make our decisions according to the Sermon on the Mount? What does it look like when we start living out what God has actually told us to do? And continually asking the question, is this pleasing to my master? Is this pleasing to what he would have for my life? Or is it pleasing to what I would have for my life? And as we draw closer and closer to God, the difference between what I want for my life and what God wants for my life start not to look so dissimilar. They become in alignment with each other instead of always fighting each other. Healthy spiritual breaking is not trying to put the pieces back in the same spot, rather giving the pieces to God and watching as he creates new life. Healthy spiritual breaking. When I was in college, uh, the popular prayer for people to pray was, oh God, I I just want you to break me right now. That was like the, the hyper spiritual thing to pray. And I'm looking around at my friends who are praying this, and I'm like, this is the dumbest thing in the world to pray for. I don't want to be broken. Do you want to be broken? I don't want to be broken. I don't like being broken. I like to have things work. I don't like broken things. Right? And to pray, like, I have a problem when I ask God to give me patience. Because you know what that means? There's going to be situations in your life that are going to strengthen your patience. So I don't, I don't necessarily pray for patience very often either. Um, you got to be careful what you're asking for, what you're praying for here when you're praying for God, with praying to God. And so when you pray for brokenness, like, what? No, I don't want to be broken. I don't want to be broken. But the fact is... The reality is that anyone who is living life and trying to make decisions and trying to do things in their life will be broken. You will break. Situations will crash against you that you can't stand, that you on your own, in your own human endeavor and human strength and human wisdom cannot take the pressure. You will break. 
So maybe you this morning who are trying to live a life of perfection and trying to keep everything looking great and everything's got to be all perfect all the time, all the time. Folks, it's, you cannot doing it. And honestly, if you're doing that, your master has become probably perfection and not God. But what you've got to do is, is realize when I am broken, accept the reality that I will be broken, what am I going to do in that moment? Because healthy spiritual formation is not taking the super glue out and grabbing the pieces of our lives and trying to put them exactly the way they were. Because guess what? If we put our lives back exactly the way they were, you're going to break exactly the same way you were. And so if you keep on, oh, man, I did that thing, and I put myself back together, and I I recouped it, and I come back into that moment, and then I break again. I'm like, what did I do wrong? God, you must have failed me. No, you're not designed to be there. You're not designed to do that. Obviously, you keep on breaking at the same point. What God is and how he operates is a master mosaic maker. If you've ever seen a beautiful mosaic, mosaic or mosaics being made, in ancient times, they usually were made out of pots that were already broken, or like you had a chip out of them, and so you couldn't use them for what they were originally intended to do. So they were originally intended to carry wine or oil or water or whatever in them. But then some kid would, you know, hit something with a stick um, and, and break that pot. And so it was no longer in its, its, its form that everyone thought it would be useful in. And so the mosaic maker would take that pot crush it into a bunch of thousand pieces and make something new and beautiful out of it. Make pictures, make something gorgeous out of it. And in that moment, something that was maybe damaged or thought, oh, it's just trash, is now reclaimed to be beautiful. And so as we think about our lives and how God reclaims and repurposes our lives, think of him as a master mosaic maker. As he takes our brokenness and says, all right, now we can get down to business. Now we can work. Now you're in a place in which I can make something beautiful. Your brokenness doesn't mean that you're useless. Your brokenness doesn't mean that you can never amount to something. Your brokenness doesn't mean that God doesn't want to use you. Your brokenness just means you're available in a new way. Healthy spiritual formation looks at the broken pieces of our life and accepts that we are broken as well as accepting that we serve God who will not leave us that way. God never looks at the broken pieces of our life and says, well, that's a bunch of trash. That's not what he does. In your inner voice, in my inner voice, when we mess up, when life goes crazy, when we get fired from our job, when our kids go crazy, when we do something wrong, when whatever it happens, the inner voice for us and the trick of Satan is to say, you're worthless. God couldn't, couldn't love you now anymore. And nothing could be farther from the truth because in that moment, God's going, I get to make something new and something beautiful out of you. And so if you're stuck in that cycle of worry and that cycle of anxiety right now, I want you need to calm all the craziness that's going on in your life. And yes, I know I shouldn't use the word craziness, but the stuff and, the, and, and the, the speed in which those negative thoughts are going through your head to say, wait a minute, wait, this is an opportunity for God to remake my brokenness into something beautiful. This is what he does. 
If you read the scripture from cover to cover, you're going to see broken person after 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 broken person. And how God takes their brokenness and says, oh, I'm going to make something new out of you. Time after time after time after time. God takes broken and makes beautiful. That's what he does. It's beautiful, it's wonderful, and it's great to be a part of. It's not so much fun to be the broken piece. I get that. And for, but for many of us in this moment, in this time, we are in a broken spot. And so it's our choice in this moment. Are we going to make the master of our lives God and say, God, here are the broken pieces of my life. I need you to take me. I need you to rebuild me. I want you to be the master of my life. Instead, we just say, oh, I'm broken. Just throw me in the trash. That is your choice. God gives us the free will to make that type of choice in this moment and in this time. And so that's available to you this morning that you need to say, identify your own brokenness, identify the own issues in your own life and say, do I want to be beautiful again? Do I want to be made whole again? But recognizing that it's not going to go back to the way it was. It's going to be a new normal. It's going to be a new creation. It will be a new vessel in which God has had his fingerprints all over. Often we feel betrayed by God. We feel frustrated with God. When every, we ask for him to, to build us up, to, to save us, to do something in our lives, and he doesn't put us back exactly the way we were. Well, exactly the way we were wasn't so great to begin with. We messed up. We, we got out of whack there. We had issues. We had stuff. And so we need to be available and open to the new thing that God is doing in our lives. And in this season, when so much stuff is changing, so many things have been taken away, given to us in different ways, um, so many normalcies are just blown up. We have the option to get mired, to get defeated, to get beat by, oh, everything's wrong, everything's different, everything. Yet, you're right, everything is weird right now. But just like our lives, we have the option whether to put that all in God's hands and say, God, what are you going to make beautiful in this moment? What are you going to make beautiful in this today? Because I want to be a part of that. That goes for our kids' schools. That goes for the way in which we're going to do church. That way it goes for the way sports are going to be handled. That goes for our jobs. That goes for our economy. That goes for everything in our lives. And so we are going to be faced with the choice. Are we going to be broken and defeated by it and, and kind of pushed away? Or are we going to be rising to the occasion and be willing to be remade into whatever Christ wants to make us? Personally, I want to give my life to the mosaic maker. I say, God, do what you want. I'm ready for something new. I'm ready for something different. I'm ready for a, a, a new story to be written in my life and in the people in this church's lives. I'm ready for, for a new story to be written of Shoreward Church of God. I'm ready for a new story to be written in this whole community. And I want to be a part of that. So as we face our anxieties, as we face our fears, as we face the worries of life, who is the master of our life, really? That asks a really difficult and really hard question. Who is truly the master of our lives? And far too often, I've answered that question with my wife, my kids, my stomach. In this moment of recalibration, 
This is the moment in which we get to set the kurios of our life, the master and lord of our life as God. That takes steps, reordering our priorities to say, no, 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 I want to give this to God. I want to place this at his feet. Maybe the first step you need to take to be a part of that is, uh, is accepting Christ into your life and say, God, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. I don't even necessarily know what that means all the way yet, but I know I have a past. I know I have brokenness. I know I have a mess, and I need you to forgive me of my sins and make me something new. Maybe that's where you just need to start out with. The second area that you can start out with is, is download the Next Steps Guide on, on our website. Um, that takes you through a 40-day adventure with God of who you are in Christ, who is God, who's Jesus, who's the Holy Spirit. What, is that, what does that mean? How do I start to journal and study through the Bible? How do I, how do I deal with those things? Maybe you need to, to have a conversation with me. Just send me a text, call me, email, whatever you need to do. So we can have, start to have a dialogue of how do I reformat my life? So that God is the master of my life, that he is the one that takes control of me. Because I don't want to go back to being broken in that way. I want to be made a new creation. I want to be made beautiful. I want to get my hands in the hands of the master mosaic maker. I want to put myself continually in that moment. And each day that's a choice. Each day that's a choice that we wake up and we say, oh, I'm going to, I don't know about you, but I got this to-do list going on in my head. I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this. And I can feel the heartburn starting to rise and I can feel the tension in my shoulders and I can feel it all starting to happen. And so I start letting my to-do list and the stuff I have to get done be my master. And, And that pyramid of where God is supposed to be at top starts to flatten out. And we have to say definitively, not today, Satan. Today is the day in which I make God Lord of my life. And that's just not a one-time thing. That's every morning. No, not today, Satan. Today, I make God the Lord of my life. Not the money issues that I'm struggling with, not all these stuff, not all these things. Because what does God say? What What does Jesus say in this? He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough worries on its own. I got the birds covered. I got the flowers covered. I got you. Don't worry about it. He loves you infinitely more than the birds and the flowers. He cares about you. He died on the cross for you. His blood was poured out for you. To be Lord of your life, to redirect all your thoughts, to make you beautiful, useful, wonderful again. So this morning, I want to invite you to put your life in the hands of the master mosaic maker. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Lord, I ask you for anybody who wants to accept Christ for the very first time this morning, that they would, um, that they would pray this prayer with us and they would let us know that they prayed it so we can come alongside them. But God, I, I just ask you to be our Lord, to be our Savior, to forgive us our sins, forgive us the junk, forgive us of the brokenness and the stuff that got us into the position to be broken, that you would anoint our lives and turn it around. Right now, Lord, we put our lives in your hands. Whether we've been Christians for about five seconds or Christians for 50 years, right now, Lord, we want to put our lives in your hands. 
And each morning, we want to put our life again in your hands, remembering and recommitting that you are the master, the kurios of our life, that you are the Lord, that you are the master mosaic maker. And you have something amazing and beautiful for us. No matter what the world says, no matter the pressures that are around us, no matter the stresses that happen, you have us, you love us, and you've created us for a purpose. We love you, Lord. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for joining us at church this week. And a special thanks to all those who continue to support our mission through your generosity. You too can support our mission to reach, grow, and serve our community by giving on the website or through the app. To make sure you never miss out on a message, be sure to subscribe. And don't forget to hit that share button to spread the word. Have a great week.